You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Curtain up, theater people, and welcome to your program as your ticket. Coming to you from the Hell's Kitchen area of Midtown Manhattan, right in the middle of Broadway. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket as a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket as a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater in smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on the show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of my husband and my play at The Flash, I've met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Tonight's guests are composer David Kornfeld and lyricist Alex Higgin-Hauser. The music writing team of CPA Theatrical's musical Numbers Nerds, about an almost all-girl high school math team chosen to compete in the National Math Summit, S-U-M-I-T, who unite to solve difficult math problems, conquer anxiety and rivalry, and find a way to affirm themselves as individuals and as team members. I love that. That sounds so inspiring and, and fun. It's currently featured, and it's going to have its opening night tonight, in this year's 2017 New York Musical Festival, a.k.a. Nymph. Now, I'm going to say that quite a few times because some people get a little confused about what Nymph means, and I've been trying to clear it up all over the city of New York, so there we go. Anyways, also in the audience tonight, we have an honorary audience member. That's what we're referring to her, to her as, and her name is Laura Stratford, and I've previously interviewed her, and she is the book writer for Numbers Nerds. So, hi, Laura. Hi. Okay, there she is. Now, I'm going to let the guys say hi in just a second. Uh, but first, I would like to go over a, a little history about the New York Musical Festival, or NIMPH. Okay, so here we go. Uh, the New York Musical Festival, NIMPH, is an annual three-week summer festival which presents more than 30 new musicals at venues in New York City's Midtown Theater District. As of 2015, the festival has premiered over 375 musicals. Wow. Um, and have featured the work of over 8,000 artists. That's crazy. And attended by 300,000 theater goers. So it's, it's a wonderful festival and it gives so many terrific opportunities. In addition to full productions, Nymph presents a wide range of special events, readings and concerts of new music, educational seminars, explorations of musicals in TV and film, and unusual collaborations with the New York-based art organizations. Um, as of 2017, 2008, the musical title of show became the first show to transfer from the New York Musical Theater Festival to a commercial Broadway production. And then in 2009, Next to Normal, uh, which is such a huge show, and I believe they just did it in Chicago, where I believe... I believe one of these guys is from, if, I'm, if I did my research correctly. Anyways, Next to Normal became the second show to transfer from the New York Musical Theater Festival to a commercial Broadway production. It won three Tony Awards, including Best Score and Best Leading Actress in a Musical for Alice Ripley. Um, Next to Normal went on to win the 2010 Pulitzer Prize for Drama. So, that's cool. Pulitzer Prizes are cool. Excellent. On uh, two, September 10th, 2012, Chaplin became the third musical to transfer from Nymph to the commercial Broadway stage. It starred Rob McClure, an excellent actor. I didn't see him in Chaplin, but I saw him in Honeymoon in Vegas. He's terrific. And he received a Tony nomination for Best Leading Actor in a Musical. And then, just most recently, uh, in Transit, which I believe had an off-Broadway run, um, and then in 2016, transferred to the Circle in the Square Theater. So that's very cool. Um, other uh, productions that have run off Broadway 
is, uh, are Alter Boys, which uh, ran from 2005 to 2010. Great show. Again, done all over the United States and maybe the world. I don't know. You know, be possible. Uh, Yank, which uh, which had a run in 2010. Uh, Fat Camp, which had a run in 2012 and 2015. I believe they changed the name of it to Gigantic the Musical. I saw it and I loved it. That was one of my favorite shows of... Um, uh, 2015. I just thought it was terrific. And then Clinton the Musical, which I wanted to mention because, you know, we're all we're all things political these days. At the New World Stages in 2015, that was really funny. I love that show. Um, also, the NIMP gives out awards for excellence, which, I don't know, may have my guests on pins and needles a little bit, but who knows? We'll see. Can't think about awards. You just have to think about doing it really well. But anyways, I'm going to talk about them. They have... Best of Fest, the Audience Prize, Most Promising New Musical, Theater for an American Musical Prize, and Excellence in Writing Music, Excellence in Writing Lyrics, Excellence in Writing Book, Excellence in Direction, Excellence in Choreography, Excellence in Overall Design, Outstanding Orchestra, Orchestrations, pardon me, and an Outstanding Ensemble Performance. That's great. They give an Ensemble Performance Award, so that's really cool. Um, so, there we go. Now, I'm going to say this. I, myself, didn't see any of the shows that won any of the awards and I saw like eight shows and I love pretty much all of them so I didn't see any award winners I saw stuff that didn't win awards and I thought that they were brilliant and wonderful so take that for what it's worth which is in my opinion worth a lot so there you go that's a little bit about Nymph and it is running right now and you can go to nymph.org to um, to get information and buy tickets. And I'm telling you, you have to buy tickets now because a lot of these shows sell out. I wanted to go to a couple of them a few, I think it was yesterday or the day before and just completely sold out. So fortunately, I have my tickets for our our guests' uh, show. So let's bring them on. Please welcome Numbers Nerds composers David Kornfeld and lyricist Alex Higgin-Hauser. Hi, gentlemen, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. Hi. I am saying your names correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, good. Phew. All right. I practiced <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> now, I was put together with you guys by the um, by CPA theatrical founder and CEO producing artistic director Larry Little. He's, well, he has a big title. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and so I, it's really cool that I'm interviewing a, a music team. I think it's wonderful. I don't think I've interviewed a music team yet. I've interviewed musicians, and I've interviewed uh, music directors. So you guys are my first music team. Awesome. We're, we're excited to set the standard. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> don't put too much pressure on yourself, Okay. <laughs> Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your creative theater passions. David, you want to start? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, well, uh, let's see. Um, I really got into theater because of Alex. Um, uh, we, uh, we started doing uh, shows in college at um, Carleton College in Minnesota. And uh, uh, I just sort of on a whim joined the student musical theater uh club and the show that they were doing was Rocky Horror Show and they said uh-huh. we need a music director so I was like well I've never done that before I'll do that and Alex was directing and we just had such a blast that we've been doing it ever since and so you know we caught, I caught the bug. That's true actually <laughs> right after that production, uh, this is Alex talking, um, we <laughs> I, I had this idiot idea that I called him with because we were we directed the show together and then were made the leaders of this student musicals organization because uh, no one else wanted to do it and so I called up David and said, hey, we should write a musical. And he's like, that is a terrible no. idea. Oh, my God. We've never done this before. <laughs> we should not do that. And, and look so, at you now. Right? We had this yeah. idea for a show called Math Major, the musical, actually. So we started out this whole thing with math puns. Yeah. And it's fun to come you know, to New York with math yeah. puns now. <laughs> um, and then we started writing that show. We ran out of math puns after about one song called The Derivative of Love. And then we realized we needed to expand. So we actually brought in Laura Stratford, the honorary audience member uh, of this recording today, who is our, our book writer and longtime collaborator, uh, who was an English major. Uh, I'm biochem for undergrad and David yeah, is music. music. And, uh, so none of us theater majors. Yeah, none of us theater majors, although we took as much coursework right, as we right. could. Um, but there wasn't really a point in majoring in theater in a small private liberal arts it, college. It was all very like hands-on. You know, there, there was... They had a theater uh, department, but they didn't do musicals, and so we were like, well, we like musicals, so we want to do it 
we had to do everything ourselves, so we really had to learn sort of by doing, yeah. which was a you know very liberal artsy sort of experience. Yeah, so we wrote our first show in uh, a one ten week term and then performed it, and then we wrote another show called uh, Grind, which we toured the Midwest with in twenty ten. And then the first show, Math Major the Musical, eventually became Liberal Arts the Musical. Yes, which uh, we then which actually is on there's a, there's a uh, recording of it on iTunes. That oh you can yeah, get. and on Spotify, <laughs> and on Spotify, yes. yeah. Which we did later on, later, a couple mm-hmm. years later when we did a remount in Chicago, we made a recording. And then we, when we moved to Chicago, we realized, we, we arrived saying like, hey, we're musical theater writers, produce our work. Uh, and we realized yeah. that no one touches new musicals in Chicago, right. so we decided to start our own company, which is called Underscore, which actually produces new musicals in Chicago. Uh, that's great. So let me get this straight. The, the guy who is the music major was the one who was like, we shouldn't write a musical. <laughs> yeah. No. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't. I was like, I, like I said, that was my first experience, just music directing, and uh-huh. I had played in bands, and like that was much more where my head was. Was like, was uh, writing, you know, rock music and jazz and, and that kind of thing, and so I had never considered the idea of writing a musical before. Yeah, and I want to be clear: him saying no was the right answer. Like, Why? I'm not knocking him for it. Like, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, and. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, that idea would have resulted in something just embarrassing. Uh, we lucked out that we had the right combination of people in the right, right place, and we were able to work together. And we had no way of anticipating how well we would work together. Yeah. And it was a really remarkable and delightful surprise that has led to now a collaboration that's lasted our entire careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the you know ten years since college, mm-hmm. the amount of time we have spent together in the writing room, like you know. Yeah, wow. it really was an incredible just, like, sort of spark moment where, you know, I was like, nah, n- no, you know, but, but but then we started talking about this song and, like, you know, the lyrics mm-hmm. popped up in your head, you, you know, you sent me these lyrics and I was like, I have a musical idea that works perfectly with that and then, ding! That's amazing. <laughs> and we also lucked out with having really good teachers at Carlton. Yeah. Um, we brought in the executive producer of Desperate Housewives was a Carlton alum so he came in and taught a workshop uh, Peter Gwynn who was a writer for the Colbert Report oh, wow. uh, was also an alum and he came in and talked about like a group writing session we had uh, Schadenfreude which is a group from Second City come out and also do a residency City Company came out from New York we mm-hmm. had Looking Glass people in so we got to meet a lot of writers who come at things from a lot of different mm-hmm. perspectives and uh, and sort of learn about that collaborative process yeah, and learn how to yeah, they say kill your darlings. We say kill your babies. Just to make oh, yeah. it even more clear that these things are precious and dear to us. <laughs> yeah, and we have yeah. to, have to, have to excise them. Oh, from I the know. <laughs> I know. It's it's really really difficult when you're cutting stuff that you just absolutely love, mm-hmm. but is not landing. It's like it's it's just it's just not working. I always say I would say I love it, but I wrote it. Right. So you know <laughs> right. that's it. Just because I, I wrote it doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> Not saying that about you guys, obviously. Now, I feel that. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I believe one, again, I didn't stalk you guys. I just wanted to sort of like find out about One of you lives in New York. That's me. That's you. David. Okay, that's David. Alex, you live in Chicago. And Laura, I know, lives in Chicago as well. Yeah. So you're writing uh, a musical with one of you in New York and two of you in Chicago. How does that work? Well, um, so, no, go ahead. Uh, so um, when we first started out this project, I lived, it was in Chicago, so we were all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, so I only moved to New York actually just about a year ago. Okay. Um, so throughout like the first several drafts of this show, we were able to do everything in the in the room together, which was great. And then um, uh, when I moved to New York uh, was when Larry brought on just because I, I was going into school um, here at. Uh, at um, NYU for the graduate musical theater writing program, mm-hmm. um, and so since I was going to be busy with school and everything, uh, Larry brought on another composer, Dylan Marcorelli, who just to sort of like to do finish a lot of the edits and things that like needed to happen in the last few drafts. And, yeah, and we had like one or two director. songs that we wanted to like, well, write. Frankly, <laughs> we, hadn't, uh, we hadn't done it. Like we realized, like, oh, there's a necessity of a song that does this. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, so Dylan came in to help wrap up. Now he's yeah. well. he's credited for writing additional music. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. On okay, yeah, yeah. Great. And the heart of yeah, the music and, of the show was written by Dylan. Yeah, and, oh, okay. uh, but, but but Dylan's been been fantastic, and I think that like his music really uh, 
worked in the the spirit of what we were what we had set out to do also so mm-hmm. and I think it works really well and, um, it's interesting too because we've had experiences yeah. where like David tends to be the one who writes music although Laura is very excellent at writing melodies mm-hmm. um, and I dabble but these guys are better <laughs> um, but we've yeah. had a lot of experience of having like multiple lyricists or multiple book writers mm-hmm. but never really multiple composers yeah yeah so which is it is a different flavor of writing and it's interesting mm. um, but I think the where we landed with it is really exciting yeah very, very cool. Now, I, I write with my writing, my musical writing partner, Leo Schwartz, and he lives in Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, before, I, before I... Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Before I moved to New York, I lived in Los Angeles. So we were always doing our writing from, you know, thousands of miles away. We relied heavily on, like, instant messaging, email, Skype. Do you guys do that, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We spend a lot of time on, on the Google product suite. Uh, right. They're paying me a lot to endorse them right now. <laughs> so, uh, but, like, we're on Gchat. We do Google Hangouts. Oh, my we have Google Docs. Uh, so you can see each other editing things, which is, all of those things are almost good tools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, yeah, we have been... Uh, you know, it's still sort of getting used since it's only been a year since I've been in the uh, out of Chicago. Like we're still sort of getting used to the process of like the skyping and and getting used to you know schedules and time differences and everything. It's definitely a challenge. But because David and I have another project that we mm-hmm. collaborated on as well pretty recently called Haymarket, which was in Chicago this last spring. Oh yeah, uh, God. Great reception. It Thank you. did. It had the best reception of anything we've ever done. We're like, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very exciting. Yeah. Um, so we are planning on doing a remount of that uh, in the spring of next year. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, and that's kind of on the DL, but I'm happy to say that. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, we have been working on that kind yeah. of long distance as well, and it's it is different. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like this. It's kind of fun because then like David will send me an idea for something. And when you're not in the room with a composer who sends you musical ideas, it takes some unpacking. So I'll get a recording. They'll be like, all right, here's what I was thinking. I'll be like, oh, where were the syllables? What is sitting like on his phone and it's like. Yeah, exactly. And then I'll like call him on the phone. He'll explain it to me like, oh, duh, that makes total sense. But until then, it's this like series of rude videos. Wait, how do I do this? I want to take both of those uh, sounds that you guys just did and make them my ringtone. <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to lift them from this and make them my ringtone. We'd be on. That would be one million dollars. <laughs> exactly. The royalty is exactly, right? very affordable. <laughs> Let's talk about the process that you as a writing team and your producer, CPA Theatricals, and Larry Little undertook creating this particular show. This was a uh, um, really a new experience for us because it was being brought on to a to a project where the the uh, producer Larry had um, he already he had an idea for a show and he needed to bring in people to realize it. And, yeah, he's um, credited for the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, believe. Yeah, and, so, and obviously producing it as well. Yeah, and the amount of time and energy and finances and wrangling that he has put into this process is. Herculean, like mm-hmm. it is incredibly impressive, and we, I, I don't know how he does it. He's a, he's a font of energy, mm-hmm. uh, which is truly incredible. Um. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But yeah, so he had this, this idea um, that we should create a show for the secondary education market primarily, um, but hopefully a show that could also live on its own. But like... High schools need shows to produce. Right. We don't need to see another high school production of Guys and Dolls. And the biggest problem for a lot of these high schools is they don't have roles for women. They don't have casts that can be like both small and large, depending on the drama department. And they don't have things that like resonate with things people 
are trying to push an education today, like STEM, which um, I prefer STEAM, where you stick arts in the middle of STEM. Yes. Um, but I'm not familiar with that. What is that? STEM, STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Okay. as like a core group of subjects that you should push in education. Gotcha. Which, don't get me wrong, is incredibly important. Like I said, I'm a biochem major. Like, I really, I deeply care about those things. But I want to put the arts right in the middle of that, because without that, what are we engineering for? Um, but, you know, soapbox. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's okay. But so uh, Larry had, I think, what is a very keen business insight as well as like just commercial producers insight um, of a market that was not being served mm-hmm. and started generating some ideas for a show. And the nexus of all those is this idea of a uh, all-girls or mostly all-girls math team that wants to win the national competition and has a lot of things that stand in their way. And the story has evolved a lot as we all have been working together, but that's kind of the the core of what it is. And then he gave us this kind of show Bible of like, here's some uh, like pretty detailed insights into, into some characters. And Mm -hmm. why don't you guys take this and see what sticks, see what doesn't and let these ideas bloom in your own writing. And so We've never done anything like that before, which is like, at first we're like, we should come up with every idea. And then we're like, this is nice that we don't have to come up with every idea. (laughs) And we can just execute some ideas. Um, Gave a really, really great framework to work within and and just inspire um, creativity. Yeah, so he did did a search for a composing team um, and uh, Laura, David, and I submitted. Uh, David keenly noticed the the posting. and was like, we should do this. and we were lucky enough to be selected. It was down to us and some other team from New York, I think. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. And I still don't know who they were, but we, get, yeah. we did get to hear the song they submitted. And it was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow. we were like, oh, God, yeah. they're going to beat us. Yeah. Um, but I think the song that we submitted, ultimately, as like our, our um, the, the core of our submission to be considered for it, it was called Melissa's First Theorem, which is still in the show and is almost entirely unchanged. I added one, yeah. like half of a bridge to it but this thing has been there since the very 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 beginning and yeah. it is the the ultimate I want song in the show I think it's the showstopper yeah um, and Maisie who performs it knocks my ever loving socks off wow yeah, yeah. wow so it, it sounds like what you guys did with your piece with your entry piece was um, create a heart for the show that's exactly right mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's really really important I think people need to, to connect, and they they need to to feel uh, while they're watching the show, and uh, and you guys understood that, and that's that's terrific. Um, speaking of, of of things like that, are there any particular messages or themes that you two individually and together strive to feature in the works that you choose to write or produce or uh, direct? I mean, we, we always talk about trying to keep our characters at the tippy top of their intelligence and having people, having the characters surprise you with, like, how smart and how, like, aware of their world they are. Um, partly because I think having Great characters theory. be dumb is disappointing for an audience mm-hmm. member. You know, it's, it's the old adage of, like, tell an audience two and two is four and they, they're not going to care. Tell an audience, or give an audience two and two and let them make four, they'll love you forever. Mm-hmm. I'm butchering that, but it's, it's the idea behind it. Um, that's something that we talk about a lot in the room. Um, um, yeah, I and I think creating. <laughs> maybe edit this part out. That's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, creating characters that are that are something that that have that heart and have like they're not just characters and like you can use archetypes but they have to be surprising in some way and and a lot of these characters that we that we have in this show kind of they have started from certain type sort of archetypes but we put them in different situations that you might not mm-hmm. see normally and and they are they are surprising in their in their way like there's a character in numbers nerds who you might think at first is like sort of ditzy stupid character but she surprises you with other aspects of her Mm-hmm. And there's different kinds of intelligence. Uh, it's something that uh, so in my in my other life, uh, when I am not uh, writing with these guys, uh, I'm working with these guys to run Underscore Theater Company, where we are invited to see a lot of readings of a lot of new musicals. Oh, 
I'm um, sure. I in the last week I've been to three. Wow. In Chicago, um, oh and I have another. I have twenty in my inbox right now. They still need to go through that are from the last three months alone. In addition to putting on a show in New York with yeah. Nip, okay, that's the one. And oh having God. directed a show that a lot, we do we do a lot in the new musical realm. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is most often missing is a sense of truth in the story. Mm-hmm. So all of the characters who are on stage, like if they have a name, they have to want something. That's a simple thing to say, but it's so absent from so many shows. And like, But give them something to want and put something in their way, and all of a sudden, people really care because we empathize yeah. with that. You know, we everyone's got a different struggle, but you see someone trying to overcome theirs and you find something that's analogous to your own. Um, and... You know, early on in the numbers nerds process, we were talking about like what we do to like raise the stakes. You know what I mean? Sure, of like, yeah. should there be like a life and death situation where people are are in genuine mortal danger, or should there be like a, you know, should we should we go to like thirteen reasons why territory? You know, that sort of thing um, because it is high school. And but the conclusion we came to as a group was that like a in high school every moment feels like it is a life or death moment because the stakes are so high um, or the tensions are so high because the stakes are so low Mm. Um, but there's there's so much agitas you know happening in these in every day to day situation that like letting the characters really live in that kind of world and taking whatever they stakes they experience and then you know turning those up to 11 then we have drama Right. Yeah, it was. Right. It was a. I think a really important realize, realization for mm-hmm. us as we were writing the show. Like, we don't need to have you know like a hostage situation or something for people to be like, what's going to happen? Whether or not they're going to win the math competition, that kind of matters. Whether or not one character is going to going to choke or not, that matters. And just like one character's feelings about like how the other characters feel about them really yeah. matter, mm-hmm. especially you know in a place like a high school. You know. Where oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everything is amplified yeah. to the nth degree. Um, when you when people are going through adolescence mm-hmm. and and developing and that, um, what were some of the writing challenges that you guys encountered writing number nerds with mostly women in the cast? Now, there is one male character, mm-hmm. but the rest are female, right? You know, I think an important insight we had really early in our, our writing was we were like. <laughs> I was in a playwriting class, and someone asked the question of, like, how do you write women characters? And the uh, professor, like, it was Barb Field, who is the resident playwright at the Guthrie and is a delightful, sardonic genius who brokers no nonsense. She, like, to set down her pencil, she's like, well, the trick is you write people, and then you tell them what genitals they are later. Uh, <laughs> and that is, that's something that I think we've kind of just held on to pretty intuitively like the struggles these characters face are not like or at least by and large not like stereotypical female character struggles in like kind of hack drama of like what will boys think of me and mm-hmm. you know basically repeatedly failing the Bechdel test this is a show that passes the ever loving hell out of the Bechdel of the Bechdel test <laughs> you know tell us what the Bechdel test is I know what it is but a yeah, lot of my so, listeners don't uh, Alison Bechdel whose life story inspired the wonderful show Fun Home here, um, here. Yeah. is a, uh, a gender studies theorist and wonderful academic who um, proposed a very simple test she actually proposes kind of as a joke but it is caught on uh-huh. uh, she proposed it in a comic strip actually mm-hmm. very originally and the the test was does your show feature two women that have a conversation with each other in which they do not discuss a man? Hmm. And that's it. And surprisingly, few things pass that test. Yeah, it's a really low bar. (laughs) But it's not that hard. But it seems to be really hard because many stories center around, like, just, you know, what used to be the default in storytelling of, like, straight white male um, that, thank God, is becoming less the default storytelling because there's enough of my people have been written about. And I think we wouldn't have presumed to write a show about the experience of being a, of, of a number of girls in high school without having a female book writer. And so, like, having Laura... I mean, despite uh, it being true what Alex said, like, you just write characters. Just write mm-hmm. real characters and, and, and don't worry about them being specific, gender specific in some way, but 
Yeah. But like, having a female book writer really, you know, it, that's... It, we, had a, like, we could have some gut checks of, like, right. wait a minute, what... Is this something that would actually happen in, like, a conversation full of girls in high school and Laura would be like, yes, because they're people. <laughs> right, 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 yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I, I mean, probably the only thing we're missing if we're, like, we were going for, like, straight-up realism is, from my own memory from high school, people did talk about, like, their outfits and, like, boobs a little more and, like, <laughs> like little things like that that are, like, we're totally part of everyday conversation in the same way that, like, dudes walked around slapping each other's junk. Like, because it was just weird. High school's gross. <laughs> but we decided to kind of gloss over that because the audience for this is parents. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, yes, absolutely. The audience, like, the audience it, for Numbers Nerds is the parents of high schoolers and middle schoolers. Now, is that, was that theory derived or conclusion derived from the larger cast version? Or you do apply it to both. It's the target market, right? Like, yeah. if, if, just, like, from a cold, unartistic standpoint, if what we're hoping to do is give a lot of opportunities for, like, female high school performers who tend to, like, only be able to compete for, like, one or two lead roles, otherwise they're in the chorus, uh-huh. whereas the majority of the parts in the show, uh, all but one, are for women actors, which is also the majority of theater departments and high right. schools. Like, if we're trying to serve that artistic need the way to do that is have it appeal to an audience of their parents because that's who comes and sees high school shows. Mm. Um, yeah, so the realization we had was by the time this like fully catches on, the parents are kind of going to be our age. Like, we're all in our late 20s, early yeah, 30s, right. and, you know, if it takes a few years for something to catch up some momentum, uh, they're going to be within 10 years of our age. So the humor is definitely targeted towards, like, the old millennials, young Gen X... Uh, kind of population and a little bit a little bit older well you know not trying to be stale but just you know there's one character well I don't want to spoil it there's one (laughs) character who lives entirely of the humor uh, entirely in like more or less the year 2002 in their humor oh how fun Uh, yeah and that's great it lands with all of these audiences we've had so far in a way that we're like is this gonna work I don't know Yes, it did. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, so the, like in the writing of the show, it's like the audience that we're targeting is those parents, but like we also want the show to be um, a something good to chew on for yeah. the, for these um, these budding actresses. So mm-hmm. an actor. Um, <laughs> uh, so like it's towing that balance between like this is going to be like not boring for the parents and like entertaining for the parents and and also like challenging in certain ways for the students. Uh, so yeah, it's, get something out of it. It's almost like you guys are writing it at two different levels of point of view. You know, you're you're needing to satisfy the the kids that are watching the show, and also the older generations. Mm-hmm. So it's it really is tricky in that you know you have a certain percentage of the jokes that the kids are going to get, maybe the adults aren't going to get, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, and and that's that's tricky. That's tough. Yeah. That, that really is. Now, what what types of are there any particular types of musical stylings that you well that um, you work in Numbers Nerds? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so part of the the original um, kind of vision for the show that Larry had was that it would be a poppy uh, uh, rock score, um, like very very contemporary musical theater. Like you know, he cited uh, it should sound like like a combination of Alan Menken and um, and. Uh, um, Mark Shaman and you know those kinds of uh, those kinds of things maybe a little bit of John Larson, Jonathan Larson sure. sort of sprinkled in you know mm-hmm. and so and I saw that on the posting I was like you know that's my jam like that's that'll be fun um, but we so it's going to be a lot of that it's a lot of just that that fun up, pop rock upbeat, pop rock style but um, but we like to throw a little twist in, you know, here and there, like something that's going to surprise the audience either, you know, just not, not be stale, hopefully not, not be something that they've, it'll be something that's familiar, but not something that they, that's tired, hopefully. Yeah. Like one song to listen for is called the pressure it's on. Um, and this is something that it's the competition song. We come to it in a few different variations over the course of the show. Mm -hmm. And, the like fundamental verb behind it is like high stakes computing of math, right? It's like that's that's the verb that is happening musically in the show. So David created this like 
really cool song. I just I love it. This like really cool like sonic landscape that's going on during the show that is I'm really fun. happy with that. Something I've not heard in a musical before, but it's got this like weird atonal like pattern happening in it that somehow has this like tones. Yeah, some yeah, got the, got the devil's interval. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm picturing like like when I used to watch or when I when I watch a lot of old movies and and you'd have the big giant computer in the background and we'd be going beep 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 yeah. is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely inspired by that kind of thing, you know. And <laughs> that's my ringtone, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry, go on. But then, but then, like, there's also this high stakes competition environment, so it'll morph into something which, on the score, I wrote as sports rock. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so that's like, right. that's picture, my favorite like, note on know, the score, <laughs> like the NBA rock. theme song kind. Of thing you know like mm-hmm. so like it's like going into different differently and surprisingly I it's like one of my favorite things that we've done I think it like works out really well it's fun you know was it a big challenge for you is is that why or did it just come really naturally and was just super fun to write um, I'll tell you as an observer because I sent these this like set of lyrics to David without like without knowing what the music was going to be and I like had a vague sense that we wanted it to feel a little. I didn't use the term sports rocky, but I think it was like we were talking about the final countdown. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. Like one of our inspirations. <laughs> oh my gosh. For it. Like yeah, like just epic. Like Rocky's gonna win. Like that kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah. Uh, or is he gonna win? Uh, cool. And I said that to David, and it was one of the fastest turnarounds we've had for yeah. music, where um, we weren't able to be in the same room for this mm-hmm. one. And he's like, he sent back an email with something like. I know this is weird, but listen to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it, it really did. It 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 came out like it was just. I mean, his lyrics were like I got the lyrics and they were. Um, they just suggested like, like you said, it, it needed to be like tense like that, and there was a certain amount that should be just like sort of spoken like in a tense way. And it's like sure. I'm not going to set those lyrics. I'm not going to write a melody to that. We're just going to do this kind of like vamp. Underneath to oh, try yeah. to amp up the tension, and I was sort of just plunking around, and I was like, "Ooh, like that's a weird, like." Oh, they can't see what the gesture I'm making and the face I'm making, but it's a, it's a like, like that's weird sounding. Yeah, <laughs> I should, I should say that the meter of this I sent him is probably the most broken meter of a song we have ever done. Yeah, uh, like the rhythm of it's like da 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 Ruby's cubed it and just like pulled something out like oh <laughs> yeah I love it that's they a lot of upbeat that's a lot of upbeat going on <laughs> yeah 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 yes um, and I sort of had this ulterior motive of like a uh, a musical idea that I've had since I was like 12 and I was like when I used to want to write video game music when I was a kid and, and like I had this kind of video game soundtrack song that I came up with years ago and the score progression I was like this might be the time was that the ba, 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 no 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 that ba. was uh, that was actually no the the ba, 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 ba. you came up with that like yeah. that was you were like I kind of had this in my head I was like great I'll use that <laughs> um, beautiful but, I dabble with melody yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I hear and then you know I say well that that lyric's bad why, why don't we do this lyric instead? right so we have back and forth but um the, it was the like so, this is bad. People haven't heard it. We don't know what we're doing. Like here, look, see the show. Then you'll recognize these pieces, and you can be in the know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, right? So yeah, so it goes back between this like weird atonal thing, and then this like computer game sports rock sort of chord progression that I had made up like 15 years ago or so whenever I like to hope that the like archetype of a high school music director that I have from my like hometown of Richfield Minnesota is this wonderful woman who is named Donna she was as old as the city uh, and <laughs> she, she, I think she was always there and I think she's still there and she could show up and you could put any piece of music in front of her and she'd be a little annoyed at it and then she'd play it perfectly. And, like, that was the accompanist for every audition in my high school mm-hmm. and, like, she also played organ at the church. I like yeah. to think this is one of them we'd put in front of someone like that and be like, ah, damn it. And then we'd start to play it just because it's, like, weird, but then you get into the groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, I should also give it a shout-out to Nick Sula who wrote our orchestrations, um, yes. which I heard for the first time at rehearsal the other day. And they are... I was worried because I was like, I have a sound in my head, and I wasn't... Uh, I 
you know, he did, he did him. I didn't. I wasn't in contact with him while he was working on the orchestrations because it was happening in Chicago and everything. And uh, I was like, are they going to be right? And he just nailed it. Like it's they're awesome. It sounds like exactly like what I had in my head. Um, the style, uh, you know, for instance, of the sports rock of like, yes, it's right on. It's like so cheesy and wonderful and like and the the musicians that we have are kicking ass. The uh, drummer and bassist and and our music director Dylan, who also did the additional music. Or he's the uh, he's the conductor, yeah. Um, and uh, so the orchestrations really like take it up a notch, I think. So I'm really excited about that. It was nice to be surprised by that too. That's something Ooh, yeah. you normally would right. have a little bit more of a hand in, but just yeah, the yeah, window yeah. all kind of came together. Yeah, you're like yeah. like a pen in the hand, ready to take notes on all the. That must have been like a hallelujah moment for you guys, mm-hmm. like like chills, like this that you've been working on so hard, and you bring in the orchestrator and they. They make beautiful music out mm-hmm. of it. You guys just must have been like, oh, oh yeah, it's really nice. That's that is terrific. Now, who is out of your entire uh, creative team, cast, crew? Who is the biggest numbers nerd in real life? Well, maybe Larry because he's the he, he was, was a CPA, CPA for a very long time. His, uh, his main career. It might also be me. Also, Alex. Uh, just like as a science major, a lot of the math. Laura is pointing at you. Oh, Laura's pointing. Okay, cool. <laughs> Got some background in there. Yeah. Um, Alex is a nerd. I am a nerd. He's got the and glasses like, to prove it. I do have the glasses to prove it. We all wear glasses, to be clear. Um, but I don't know. It's something that I've always really loved and a chance to have a character like. The character of Melissa, who, uh, if there's a lead, it's her. Yeah. Um, but it really is an ensemble show. And she uh, sings Melissa's first theory. That's right. We, we um, talked about it. Which is a song, like, she she has this kind of, like, this feeling of her own, or this dream of kind of her own ascendancy, her own, like, coming in to her own as a mathematical genius and, like, right. being one of the greats. Um, and I'm not, it's not a spoiler, you find it pretty early in the show. Uh, it's literally her okay. first line is this is the page in my biography where uh, scholars will say it all started. Oh. Uh, right? That's how she opens. So the, That's no a great spoilers. line, Laura. Excellent line. She's smiling. <laughs> She's, She's smiling because it's my lyric. Whoops, <laughs> 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 sorry. <laughs> no, we all have a hand in all. That's the kind of exciting part. Like, I'm credited as lyrics, David's credited as music, Laura's credited as book, but we also sit in a room and we're like, David, like you said, will be like, yo, that lyric's bad. (laughs) Like, I know. Come on. Oh, it's it's uh, a total alchemy, mm-hmm. and and a lot of people don't don't understand. Like they, they say, how do you, how do you write this as a team? And the the roles really do blur. Mm-hmm. Yes. they blur together, and it has to work that way. You have to to help each other, um, and, and and also one of the things that I've noticed is that with each musical that I've only written two, but both of them had their own formula of creation mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like in one I wrote a, a giant play and then we turned it into a musical and the book really led the music now the other one that I've written the music bleeds the book yes yeah. so and, and you kind of have to take a little while to figure that out to figure that formula yes. Are, do you guys feel that way when you're working on projects uh, yeah, or, I mean, every product has been a little bit different. Right. Um, for example, mm-hmm. Haymarket uh, was the weirdest way we've ever approached a show yeah. where, like, I spent two years researching it, like, in my spare time and then got a chance to go live in Berlin for about four months because my wife had to... She's a, my wife's a PhD student of religion at the University of Chicago. Interesting. And she needed to learn German, and also there was a scholar there she really wanted to work with, and I hated my job, so I was like, you know what? I'm coming with you. We're doing this. Right. But I was able to like sit down and just basically write the whole thing and it, over the course of a few months and then like emailed it to David. I was like, hey, here's a whole musical. You think you could write the music? He's like, what? <laughs> uh, and a lot changed from that. Like it, that was not yeah. by any means the final draft. But oh, that yeah. was like, change, yeah. that was one way of doing it. And then yeah. this, we've like mostly been in the room together being like, mm-hmm. what's, a, what's our moment here that we're elevating? What isn't? Um, yeah, every time it's different. Yeah, and every show, uh, not every show, but like a lot of the shows that we've worked on have had different iterations of writers. So there's been the three of us. We also have another writing partner, Brendan, uh, who's written uh, a couple shows with us, mm-hmm. um, and who and has some of one, the, of, well, like, one of the quickest wits yeah. when it comes to like writing dialogue. That That's always read. good for dialogue. So yeah. delightful, and yeah. we'll just like have exactly the right way to land when it comes to a joke that will just leave the rest of the room in stitches. <laughs> 
that's that's tough to do. Yes. As well. I mean, people. I've I've known people who are funny in a room, but they can't write a mm-hmm. joke to save their <laughs> life. I mean, you know, like you're you're so funny. You know, tell me, and, and they they just can't do it. Now you're talking a lot about development, mm-hmm. and uh, Underscore Theater Company develops a lot of new work. Um, what is the best part of being involved with that process? Gosh, I mean, the best part is you get to opening night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> opening night is one of the best or, or, or worst because uh, sometimes you didn't do what you wanted to do. Sometimes mm-hmm. you fail. And sometimes you get to opening night, you're like, oh, man, if we had one more week, I hear you, yeah, this yeah. thing could have been perfect. And yeah. as it is, it's garbage. You know, like you, you just like, walk away and you're like, oh, no, it's fine. Um, but we work with a lot of authors and we have so, so many drafts of shows that come our way and the opportunity to look at something and see its potential and then working with authors is a beautiful thing because you you find someone who, whose biography is incredibly different from yours, but you are reaching towards this incredibly specific goal that very few people in the world share. Like there's not that many people in the grand scheme who are like trying to write a musical, even when compared to like people who are trying to write a book or like want to write a poem. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it's a narrow subset of people and having that drive is a rare thing and meeting others who feel that way. It makes you better as an artist. It makes them better as an artist. And you can create this kind of, it is alchemy. The word you used earlier, I think it's exactly right. Um, Thank you. And it, it is, I guess I would say synergy if I wanted to sound stale, <laughs> but like it's, 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 a beautiful thing that every time is very different. And you and learn something rewarding. new every single time with meeting different people and collaborating with, with yeah. different styles of people that work in different styles. And, yeah. and um, you learn more about what, what you have to ask mm-hmm. for. Like, right. as producers, we now know that, like, we want to put deadlines on contracts in a way we've not always had to, depending on the mm-hmm. show we worked with. Sure. Um, and then we learn that as authors, like, we know what it's like to be a producer. Uh, and we sympathize very dearly with like Larry, who's got not just like us to wrangle, but also a cast and a design team and a, like a creative team and uh, musicians and like he's got to run all mm-hmm. of them. And like maybe we're not the most important people in the room. Yeah. <laughs> like we went to tech today and we're like we're here, everyone. They're like fine. Exactly. <laughs> we're teching. Like oh cool, cool, cool. yeah. <laughs> they're like, but you didn't see us in that room like last year when we were trying to make it all happen. Right. And, and then you realize like you know what actually our work. Is done. Our work is done. exactly yeah. yeah. If, if you need a, a new line, just email me. Yeah. Text me or whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll shoot you a new line. Um, now, you guys at Underscore, you have an open submission policy, and I like yes. what you have here um, on your webpage. It says, We don't select shows just because they are easy, marketable, safe, or fully formed. We select shows based on their artistic merit, originality, daring, and most of all, their potential. And that's that's terrific. It, 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 it's so nice to read something like that as opposed to we're only accepting shows for this demographic. Right. And so many, uh, and I'm, there are a lot of, of New York-based theater companies, they've got, um, I don't want to say an agenda, they have a mission mm-hmm. to produce a certain kind of show, and that may change year to year. And that's, um, sometimes it's a little disappointing if you're a writer. You guys, I'm sure, have gone through it. Too, oh, yeah. to have this sort of like open-mindedness and willingness to to see everything or read everything that you get, um, th- that's a wonderful, wonderful quality and a come and and very very rare. Thank and, you. And I usually, think David, it's, I think you wrote that copy actually on the website. Yeah, and it's, it's, um, it's it's very true. Uh, we we have an ensemble that is a, just a group of artists who really jive mentally with one another Mm -hmm. Um, and we read every submission that we have and we sit down for a season selection every year and we just have an honest conversation of like this has a really good idea behind it but it needs room to grow do you think it would be better to offer it a workshop or better to offer it a production the question is never like is this going to sell because we're very much a non-profit that is heartily accepting donations. <laughs> uh, but we're very much a nonprofit in that we exist as a mission-based organization. And our mission is not 
to enrich ourselves. Uh, David, Laura, and I, uh, and the rest of the underscore staff and board and ensemble are all volunteers. Um, and we don't have full-time gigs doing this. Uh, we all have full-time jobs, and we then do this in Chicago. Um, we do it because we realized there wasn't anyone doing new musicals. We did a few of our own and realized we could do it in a way that was inexpensive but still had polish and still had that production value. Sure. So, you know, your average your average nymph show costs something like $80,000 to produce, which for a commercial show is cheap. Oh, yeah, um, in New York for sure. But we, we do it in Chicago for, like, a fully staged, fully staged, large cast, band musical for under 30. Um, and that's for a long run that could extend. Um, and wow. we... And even that feels expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been able to do it for, for cheaper because it's not about getting a property and throwing all the money you can at it because you're hoping that investment's going to pay off later and you have sure. the sunk cost fallacy and all that. It's about working with artists, nurturing their work, and making the world of musical theater, and especially Chicago musical theater, mm-hmm. better. We want to make Chicago an exporter rather than importer of musicals, uh, which is, you know, a little audacious. Not really. I think Chicago is a total incubator uh, theater city. For everything but musicals so far. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, oh, wow. there, there are there are one-off new musicals done by some of the major or mid-sized companies um, every couple of years. Um, last year, there were two total entries in the new musicals category for the local awards, the Jeff Awards. Really? Um, and one of them was ours, and the other one was uh, Northlight, right? Northlight, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they like it's they, and it's rare. Very, very, very rarely, if ever, do you have a musical that plays in Chicago and is then published and done by other regional theaters. It might play in Chicago and then, by some happenstance, transfer to New York. After uh, which, it will, yeah. It so will we go were a waste station there, but we weren't like the net. We weren't the exporter of it, right? We were, you know, just it was here for a minute. Like the you know, Big Fish had a Broadway pre-Broadway tryout uh, in Chicago, mm-hmm. and. And those are shows that are already destined to go to to Broadway or off. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wow. Well, I I stand corrected. I thought that that's interesting to hear that perspective because perhaps other people, a lot of other people may think the way I have the, the opinion that I had that um, it, Chicago is bolstering a, a creative environment for new material mm-hmm. in the musical category. And, 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 when, and you guys are... You guys are doing this. So uh, that's absolutely terrific. Yeah, and I will say, since we started, that has changed a little bit. Uh, like when we yeah. arrived, the mm-hmm. theater building had just closed, uh, which had been a big hotspot for new musical development. And they had this thing called the Stages Festival, where they would do eight new musicals every summer, uh, four of which had full staging, four of which were workshops. Um, and that went away when the building, when the organization, unfortunately, um, uh, folded and they had to sell their assets. It was very sad. And there was a fund created for developing new musicals. There's a million dollar fund that went to Chicago Shakespeare Theater, which is a very good custodian for a trust, but that funding does not usually make it to like creators at the storefront level. These are more developing things like the Key Weather's Christmas Carol or that sort of that sort of work. Um, other theater companies have emerged to start to nurture that mission. Um, there is... Okay, let's remove this part because I'm going to blank on what the company's name is. Oh, no, that's okay. That's fine. Um, well, you guys do something great every year, and it's called the Chicago Music Theater Festival. Yeah. Talk about that. <laughs> uh, welcome to our personal dream and nightmare. <laughs> oh, my god! You know, so, I mean, we're, we're all, uh, like, we're volunteers uh, who run a, a theater company, and... 
we realized that we needed to find ways of showcasing a lot more artists um, at once because at the pace we can do it, like two main stage shows a year and a couple of workshops, just isn't enough for the amount of writers who are out there who really deserve to have their work showcased or have an opportunity to produce themselves at a very low cost way. So we came up with a model where Underscore pays for the space rental, the light rental, the sound equipment, um, and like festival-wide PR and marketing. Um, and we're able to do that because we have really good relationships around town. We can get huge ad breaks and we can get good deals on spaces. Um, so we could hold some applications to be a part of it so we can like vet it with a jury and then narrow it down to anywhere between eight and 12 new musicals every year. So this year is gonna be our fourth um, and it actually will not be in the summer this year. It's going to be next February. One to coincide with Chicago's Theater Week, uh, which is they created this, like, you know how Prime Day is a fake holiday created to sell things on Amazon Prime? Theater Week is a fake holiday created by the like, Chicago Theater. Or Emoji Day that was, like, two or three days ago. Uh, is yeah. that real? I didn't even <laughs> hear about yeah. that. Probably coincided for the emoji movie. You are almost certainly right. Yeah, (laughs) That makes perfect sense. So Theater Week was created because it was the deadest two weeks in theater ticket sales citywide was like the middle two weeks of February. Like something about how soul-crushing the world is that time of year in Chicago (laughs) made people not want to go outside and see a play. So they created Theater Week where all the theaters in town offer discounts. There's like special restaurant partnerships. There's like series just for theater week you can buy and so we wanted to uh bring our our festival a little bit more into the chicago consciousness by being a part of that in a really big way right so uh we'll have a good chunk of shows we're not ready to announce what they are just yet that's fine um but those will be happening in in february right over the well i'm sure that you'll keep everybody posted on uh, your Facebook page, you better believe it, yes, right? Indeed. And as well as your website. So, speaking of that, why don't you guys go ahead and give me your media information? Do you have that um, available? Yes. Well, okay. Uh, we, uh, I have my personal website, which is davidcornfeld.com. Cool. And that is the hub for everything. But I'm also on. Recently joined the Twitter world and the. Instagram. Yeah, the world. we're kind of Luddites. Like, I was kicking and screaming, you know. Absolutely. In the 21st century. I downloaded Instagram for the first time like a week ago because my wife insisted on it. She's like, I am taking pictures of our dog and you have to see them. Fine, you're right. I will. That's a good point. Uh, so that is why I have Instagram. So you're on yes. Instagram to see the pictures of your dog and oh, your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Um, Luddite. Uh, and I'm there because, partly because people kept taking pictures of me and I. Need to well, he's got this beautiful sure top knot. <laughs> I would take a picture. I'd <laughs> see, be able to see what's out there. You have to have your hair down tonight at the premiere, just so that we can see what he it looks, looks like. He looks so right, well, good with his hair down. It is ridiculous. I like. I cannot. My, the envy I have for this is ridiculous. Well, it's my dream to play uh, Jesus in Reefer Madness. So that's my you know oh, my dream role, so. perfect for that day. Um, <laughs> if I was ever to become an actor, that yeah. would be my. Let's role. make that happen. <laughs> but us, uh, but media info. Uh, all of our info is at underscore theater.org. Uh, that's the word underscore, the word theater spelled the fancy way, R-E. R-E, good. Dot org. Can clarify that. Um, then we have the Numbers Nerds website is numbers, numbers Nerds, Nerds the musical. musical. The musical. The musical.com. Musical. Thank you. Yep. Um, and it's also on Facebook at Numbers Nerds. Yeah, just search Numbers Nerds. Um, if you look at the title treatment, it looks like there's, there's a three in for one of the E's. Don't worry about that when you're searching for it. It's just numbers nerds. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Like if you like if it comes up on Yahoo or Google or something like that. Yeah. Just type in the words numbers and nerds. It'll be yeah. easier. Yeah. Just you might be confused if you see like the logo and you're like, well, is it N three R D S? No, it's just nerds. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you clarified yeah. that. <laughs> um, any other websites or anything you want to? Um, well, our other show, we recently uh, are started setting up the website for our other show, Haymarket. Haymarket, the, is it haymarketmusical.com? It's haymarketmusical.com. Yeah. Um, there we have pictures from the show, some reviews, some info on awards, and uh, some lovely black and white, high contrast headshots of David and I uh, <laughs> alongside some. Uh, effusive bios. Yeah. <laughs> we we writers we don't get to take those fabulous headshots like we sh- like we should right. I yes. mean mine is probably about a good fifteen years old and, had, and includes none of this gray. Oh, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm still going to put it on there. Do you I, care? I have Do you short hair play? in my headshots. Right. Do you know the playwright Ike Holter? 
I do, yeah. yeah. His headshot, uh, I, I've made fun of him for this a few times, uh, <laughs> but his headshot is him, like, throwing his head back in laughter, really, his full beard, and just, like, so, like, vivacious uh, that... I've never seen a playwright who has, like, that much movement and energy and story in their own photo. And it's like, I admire his writing so much, and I'm like, how did you even manage to, like, mirror the things I like about your writing in your damn headshot, Ike? Come on. I know. <laughs> so some writers are, they're just so, it's like such big personalities. Like, there's a writer out here named Max Vernon who wrote uh, a musical called The View Upstairs, mm-hmm. which was terrific and is going to be going, you know. Did you see it? I did. Oh, yeah. I, he's, he's a great guy. I... Actually, they submitted that to Pride Films and Plays for for a competition, and I was one of the readers on it. Nice. Didn't it premiere there originally, like a, a uh, few years was, ago? It had or a. They always do a like uh, readings yeah. of all of their top five finalists, and his was a top five finalist. Cool. And I gave him all perfect scores, but like he is just so like he's like okay, you're a writer, you're a writer because this is this is just this just all says writer. It, it, some of us just some of us just can't do that, right? <laughs> so do you you just keep you just keep going with that, David. You just be you do whatever you want with your hair. Um, is there anything that you guys want to t- uh, talk about or promote before we wrap up? If you know any high school drama teachers or remember yours and love them dearly, tell them about Numbers Nerds. Absolutely. Um, I say that partly because I earn money when you tell them about Numbers Nerds, but yes. also because I, I think it's important that we give more roles to uh, roles to women in high school because a lot of uh, actors emerge from high school uh, undertrained when they are women and overtrained when they are men because of the number of leading roles that are available. Oh, wow. Um, or just, just prepared to audition for the chorus. And we see a lot of auditioners with underscore, hundreds and hundreds every year. I'm and sure. you can tell from the history of roles on people's resume, and then when you see them perform, that they could be more trained, or they could they could have done a lot more even by this early moment in their career had they had the opportunity to do so. And we try to give those actors a chance to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we tend to cast a lot of new folks in every show that we do rather than just working with the same recurring cast of characters. Um, but giving folks that opportunity really early on is, I think, huge and important. And sure. then I just want to have different shows be performed at high schools because... Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that stupid joke I made the other day? Like, raises more red flags than a middle school production of Les Miserables. <laughs> like, there's just... <laughs> there's just too many... <laughs> I, I'm, des- I'm determined for that to become an iconic phrase. Um, there's just too many remounts of the same five shows in high schools. And high schools is where your passion for theater tends to start. Absolutely. Unless you're born into a performing family, you find a new family in high school theater. Right. And the same way that a lot of instrumentalists find it in band, um, it's an art that like you know hooks you behind the navel and pulls you in and if you're able to dig into something that someone else hasn't dug into before on like a national level or there's not like you know you can't google the YouTube video of someone being Mama Rose right um, or you can for this one but you can't tell which one is supposed to be the definitive you get to create that and you get to have that empowerment as an actor yeah. I think advocating for new works at dramatic uh, in dramatic departments at, at like the high school and middle school level is incredibly important. And and uh, along those lines, like if this if this works out well, we will do more. You know, there's like more where this came from, and so uh, when it works out well, <laughs> yes, that's, that's, yeah, that's when, it out. when it works out. <laughs> um, and you know, we'd like nothing better than to continue continue doing that and cultivating uh, more opportunities for young aspiring theater artists. Mm-hmm. Well, on those wonderfully um, lovely notes that you guys just issued and, 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 and given schools their, their theatrical mission statements, pretty much, <laughs> we'll wrap up. I mean, that was just so beautiful. I can't, I can't think of a better place to, to wrap up the show. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you. You were both so informative, and um, I learned so much, and uh, you're both very, very charming, and... Break a leg tonight at the premiere of Numbers Nerds. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Oh. so much for having us. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure entirely. Now, at the end of each show, I like to give shout-outs to current productions that I think are worth a recommendation. On tonight's show, I'm doing something I've only done once before and giving a blind recommendation to Numbers Nerds. And the reason for this is because I've been very impressed with this 
writing teams work. And I believe this is uh, directing and also producing, so I haven't really seen them as writers, but I bet they're just awesome. Um, This year I was able to catch a production of My Name is Annie King, uh, which was put on by Underscore, and I believe I just heard was directed by Alex, mm-hmm. and um, I'm very impressed by that. Um, and I, I love this show. Uh, it, it was just it was it had a lot of heart, and it was beautifully directed. I love the set. The set was great. The music was lovely, um, and and. I finally found out who Annie King was at the very end, <laughs> and they didn't, and, and it wasn't given away. I was like, I, re, I was really surprised. It was wonderful. Yes. Um, Underscore also produced my musical co-writer uh, Leo Schwartz's musical Pen that he wrote with one of his other co-writers, DC Cathro, who was a very good friend of mine last year. And was it last year? Yes, yeah, last, last year's year. Musical theater festival. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, and it was uh, terrific. And overall, the show just feels totally right up my alley. Um, it feels like it's you now again. I haven't I haven't watched or listened to much because of the fact that I want to be surprised tonight. Um, and and it just feels like it's a story about underdogs who learn to work together and conquer their own part of the world. And that's so inspiring to me. I'm one of those people. I don't cry at a theater if something's sad. I cry if something is inspirational or a character gets their release or they finally get what what they deserve in a good way. That makes me cry. That's edifying and and. I love that. So, anyways, you guys go to nymph.org for tickets and information, or you can also go to numbersnerdsthemusical.com. Don't be afraid of the three when you look for it. Um, and also, I want to repeat, please make sure that you go get tickets right away because these shows sell out really, really fast. So, there we go. Well, folks, the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. I'd like to thank my guests, the uber-talented music writing team of Numbers Nerds, lyricist Alex Higginhauser, and composer David Kornfeld. You can find your program at Is Your Ticket at facebook.com backslash your program is your ticket. I'm on Twitter at at program ticket. The website is your program is your ticket.com, and I'm on iTunes, so go there, listen to the shows. Rate me, write me a review. I'm a writer, and as these guys can attest, we get reviewed all the time. You've got to be thick-skinned, and, and I am. Folks, take a little time to see a show this week, particularly at Nymph and particularly Numbers Nerds. And don't forget to give a smaller show some love. There's a lot of theater gems out there. Until our next episode, good night, theater people and curtain. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.